Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. During this message series, I've been bringing along uh, some of my Bibles that I have uh, that I that I have at home. And the first week, I brought along my New King James Version. Uh, the second week, I brought along a Read the Bible in a Year Bible. And then this week, I've brought along my, my ESV version of the Bible. And this is the Bible that I use mostly these days. I'm just going to check, when did I get this Bible? I got this Bible in 2010. So I've had it for 12 years. And this Bible... Uh, I've taken it interstate, I've taken this Bible overseas, and so uh, it's a special Bible to me, Uh, I I love it. Um, Talking about going overseas, in 2002, my wife and I, three years married, we went to Thailand, and it was our first uh, trip, big trip overseas, like I come from New Zealand, so I'd been there a few times, but this is our first big trip overseas to Thailand, and we spent, I think it was four nights in Bangkok, and it was uh, like maybe a week in Phuket. And I think we've got some photos here, uh, maybe to show you. That's uh, looking outside of our window in Bangkok. We stayed at the Pathumwan Princess. And uh, next photo. Oh, there's there's the young couple there. There's my beautiful, beautiful wife. And keep going. This is uh, PP Island. You may have heard of that. That's uh, that's there as well. Keep going. There's Gab and I as well. And then there's a little, uh, that's a tuk-tuk, if you don't know what that is, it's like a little taxi. Oh, there we are, and we're in the front of some building there. I'm not sure what building that is, but we're dodging some cars and stuff. So that was our trip to Thailand. And um, so we were at Thailand, and on our last day, we decided to go for a walk from our hotel along, along the beachfront. And I don't know what it is, but when we go overseas, there's always something happens on the last day. Uh, if you've heard my story about Singapore. Anyway... On our last day, we're walking along this beach, and it's quite hot in Thailand, and uh, we, we didn't take any water off us, and, and so it was quite warm, and we were saying, oh, how great would it be if we had a drink right now? Well, um, you know, you wouldn't believe it, as we were walking along, this tuk-tuk, like that little taxi little thing there, comes up beside us, and this guy jumps out, this young British guy, he probably would have been in his mid-twenties, uh, maybe early thirties, and uh, he, he, he says to us, hey, how you going? And, and, and uh, yeah, great, whatever, you know, and uh, we, we just talked to this guy for a little bit and uh, I just want to make sure I get this story right. Okay, so he's talking to us and what he does is he offers us a cold drink and a ride into town. I'm like, God, you're so good. Get in my tuk-tuk, he says, and let's ride into town and you can have a free drink. Now, okay. This is our first trip overseas, and like I, I, I was pretty naive, and I wasn't very street savvy, you know, sheltered in a Christian home my whole life, and didn't have a lot of street smarts. And the question I should have asked was, who is this person, and can I trust him? Right, like who is this guy offering us a free ride and, and drinks, and, and can I trust him? And uh, instead, Gabby says, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> I want that drink. No, I said, I say, yeah, sure. So we jump in this tuk-tuk with this guy. And uh, nowadays, I look back on that, and Gab and I reflect on it quite often, and we've taught our kids this story, and we're like, we can't believe we got in this car. Like, like I've seen this movie, and it ends up with me dead, <laughs> and my wife, like, let's not even talk about what happens there. Like, 
this is bad news, right? And um, I praise God that it only got as uh, nefarious as wasting two hours of our time as they tried to sell us a timeshare in Phuket. Oh my goodness, our last days are always a write-off, aren't they, Gab? We always waste our time. I'm glad to say I got my free drink. It only cost me two hours of my holiday. Have you, have you ever asked those questions, like that question, who is this person and can I trust them? I know as a parent, uh, my children, especially my older two when they were younger and, and Roman right now, they would come and I'd ask, can we go and stay over at someone else, someone's house, a friend's, a friend's house? And I would always say to myself or say to them, who are these people? Who are the parents? Who are the siblings in the house as well? And can we trust them? And maybe if you're a parent, you might know and be familiar with those types of questions that you ask. Or maybe today, uh, maybe you're in business and you're deciding to maybe merge your company with another business. And the question is, can I trust this new business partner? Uh, who are they? Or maybe it's something along the lines of, I don't know, someone has come, toward, come to you uh, with an investment opportunity. And the big question is, who are they and can we trust them? Or maybe someone else has come on and said, hey, I want to mentor you in your career. Or, hey, personally, uh, I want to help you with your health. Or something along those lines. And, with, and it's like, well, who are you and can we trust you? And, and I think that those are questions that we ask in life. And I think that they are wise questions to ask. They're, they're sensible questions for us to be asking. And so if they're important in our normal day-to-day life, I, I want to say this to us, church that they are also very important to us as we read the Scriptures, as we read the Bible, as we read what is written in there. And the questions are, who is this God and can I trust Him? Who is He and can I trust Him? And the answers that we give, the response that we have to that question is going to greatly affect our lives, not just here in this moment right now or the months or years ahead. It's going to greatly affect our eternity and where we end up, can we trust this God and who is he? The American preacher and uh, theologian A.W. Tozer, you may have heard him, he said this, the gravest question before the church is always God himself. We tend by a secret law of the soul to move toward our mental image of God. And so the biggest question is, what, how do you see God? Because how you see Him is the image and the direction that you're going to be heading towards when you think of God. And so if who we conceive God, uh, if who we conceive God to be is one of the most important questions that we're going to ask in our lives, then it's certainly an important question we have to ask as we read the Bible. So let's look at question one, who is God? Question one, who's God? You know, you can jump onto YouTube and watch a video. You can order a book from Amazon. You can stop someone in the street and ask the question, who is God? But can I tell us this morning, and I think you know where I'm heading, the number one source that we go to, that we ask the questions from of who God is, is the Bible. It's the Bible. And, 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 and here's the thing. Have you ever had to um, fill in some paperwork and they ask for identification? They ask for some proof of who you are. I don't know, uh, I married a couple on Thursday and there's all these documents they have to sign out and there's all these proofs that they have to give of their uh, identity. So what's some documents that we use to uh, prove who we are uh, today, guys? Just throw some out for me. Passports, yes, that's a big one. Driver's license, yes. 
Medicare card, yes. Any birth certificate, great. Man, you guys are doing amazing. I've got all these written down. Uh, maybe a utilities bill or, or a rates notice, something along those lines. We give to show who we are. Who are you, Bronson? This is who I am. We give our proofs of identification. Well, the Bible is God's passport. It's God's driver's license. It's God's birth certificate. Well, he didn't have one, but, you know, it's his, it's his utilities bill. It's his rates notice. The Bible is all these things rolled into one. See, in the Bible, God lays out, this is who I am. This is my proofs of my character, what I'm like, what I do. This is who I am. And something powerful we can do to answer the questions of who is God is to go through Scripture and to make notes, to write things down. That's why I said early in this series how when I read the Bible, I underline passages of Scripture, but I don't just underline it. Passages that speak to me, especially maybe promises of God or things that talk about the character of God or that might speak into the season of life I'm in, what do I do? I write down notes I take references of what those scripture verses are. See, there's verses in the Bible that talk about God being our healer, God being our deliverer. There's scriptures that talk about how He's our wisdom, how He's our deliverer, how He has, brings joy and comfort, how He's our salvation and strength. There's other scripture verses that talk about how God is, is His holiness and His majesty. Right now we're going through a period where uh, the queen has passed away and then there's this whole process of things that occur and there's all this pomp and ceremony. Can I tell you something? Uh, the majesty of God is far above any earthly kingdom. The majesty and the awe and the power. There's scriptures that talk about how he's a warrior. Then there's verses that talk about God's love and his forgiveness and his great compassion for humanity and his desire for us. And so the question, who is God, is answered as we open our Bible, as we flip through the pages, as we read a reading plan, as we go through the Bible, we re it's revealed to us who God is. And no matter what season of life you find yourself in, that which you need is whom God is. That which you need is whom God is. See, see get some Bible verses, some passages of scriptures, write them down, print them out, pray them out. Come on, God, I'm praying this, this out over my life. Come on, I'm praying this over my children, my circumstances, my situations. God, you are who I need in this moment because your Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right? We know that, that, little, uh, that little song we used to sing. So the Bible answers the question of who is God, the Bible. You go to the Bible, we find out who he is. So then what about the question, can I trust God? God. Say it this morning. Can I trust God? Well, the only way to answer that question is to move. The only way to answer that question is to act. The only way to find out can God be trusted is to step out. It's to take a risk on God. It's to, it's to say, God, are you who you say you are in the Bible? I'm going to take a, a risk. I'm going, to take, I'm going to step out. You know, a, a more Christian way to say, take a risk on God, is to say, put our faith in God. All right, now everyone's like, okay, that, we, we're with you now, bro. <laughs> take a risk. You know, we put our faith in God. Look what the Bible says about taking a risk on God, putting our faith in Him. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith, the scriptures say, pleases God. And we, 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 we kind of like live in a world where we kind of like get it wrong. We're like, well, if I'm a good person, that must be pleasing to God. Or, or if, I, if, I, if I give to this charity, that must please God. And I'm not saying don't do those things. Those are good things. But the scriptures say that it's faith that pleases God. See, in week two of our series, we said the things of the Bible are not just for us to talk about. They're for us to do. They're for us to do. So we don't just believe that God is who the Bible says he is. We do something that shows our belief, our faith, that he is actually who he said he was in the Bible. I know that in times of my life, it's been easy to give mental assent to God. It's been easy for me to, to read the Bible and to just give, have a, 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 an attitude that says, okay, yes, 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 okay, that's okay. I believe that, but... It's another whole thing to step out in faith. You know, it's easy for us to read our Bible. It's easy for us to come along to church on a Sunday and to hear a message and to agree with it and walk away and say, yes, I agree with everything. And we can think that solely in the agreeing that we are walking in a faith-building Christianity or that we, have a, a, that, we have, that we are building our faith in God. But see, it's not just to believe in God, it's something else. See, faith isn't built by agreeing on something about God, though we do, but faith is built when we risk something on God. See, my faith has been built when I've stepped out and God has come through to me. It hasn't been built just in me agreeing. See, when the storms come and you call upon God and he comes into your life, that's when your faith is built, when you've asked him to come and he moves in your life. Faith is built when we move forward in such a way that requires God to be who the Bible says he is. And in Hebrews 11, it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the big question is why? Why is it impossible to please God without, without faith? Why is it not just enough to agree? Why is it not just enough to, to do something or something along those lines, you know, like good deeds or something like that, but we require faith in God? Well, the reason is this. Faith is the basis of our relationship with God. It is the very foundation of what God uh, wants from us and, and what God is after. See, He's after a relationship with you, with me, with us. And that requires faith to believe that He is who He says He is. So today we're sitting in this building because we believe God is real, He is alive. We believe the scriptures, Jesus rose again. We have faith in that. But also God wants us to take a step of faith in other areas of our life as well. Revelations 3.20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. If, if, if I come to your house and I knock on the door, and you welcome me in, and I come inside, and then you lead me to the kitchen table, and you prepare a meal, and then we sit down, and we eat the meal together, and we talk, and we, we laugh, and we uh, you know, talk about our past or our future, or whatever it might be. To me, that shows that there's a relationship. 
that we have a relationship together. And God is, is asking, God is wanting that same sort of relationship with us today, church, with us here in this place. And the very first risk, the very first step of faith that we take is to enter into that relationship with Christ, is to open the door to our lives, is to invite him in to dine with us and us with him. And today there may be people here who have not yet taken that step with God. Today maybe watching on the live stream or listening to the podcast, you might not yet have taken that step where it says in Revelations 3.20, he wants to come in and to dine with us. And it's talking about him stepping into your life for you to know him as the Bible describes him, for you to experience his love for you, to experience his guidance, for you to experience uh, his salvation that he offers through Jesus Christ. And, and God wants that, but you have to open the door to let him in. See, he's not going to barge through. He's not going to knock the door down. He's, he's knocking, but you have to open up the door of your life to him. And today, if you've never made that decision, I want to give you an opportunity shortly at the end of this message. Or you might be someone here today who has invited Jesus into your life, who has, who has at one time said, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. You rose again. You're seated in heaven. Then I'm going to spend eternity with you. You've made that decision. You've said that in faith. You've taken that first step. That's amazing. That's great. Come on, if you've made that decision, would you give Jesus some praise this morning? That's, that's amazing. You've trusted God with your attorney. But I want to ask you this question right now. Is there something God is asking you to trust him with today? Is there something in this now, right here and now, not in eternity, that God wants you to put your faith in Him? It might be something to do with your relationships. Maybe your children. It could have something to do with your health or your finances. Maybe it's got something to do with your career or something. But God is saying, hey, you took that step of faith before. Would you take the step of faith again in me? I'm calling you. I'm calling you to step out. God is calling us to the adventure of living a life of faith with Jesus Christ. He's calling us today. There's two things that God has been saying over and over to humanity since the beginning of time. And, and, and he's saying, this is who I am. And would you please trust me to bring you home? And uh, I want to I share with you right now, uh, how do I know this? Because the Bible tells us. And let me take you on a story, uh, the story of the Bible. And I think we've got a timeline up there that shows the Bible. It starts off with creation. God comes in the beginning and he, 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 he creates the heavens and the earth. And in, in the beginning, God reveals himself as the creator. He comes and so he creates a home for humanity. He puts us in this garden, the Garden of Eden. He says, take dominion. Rule and reign over everything that there is. It's just one, one tree that you can't eat of, but, but be fruitful and multiply. And that's creation. And so then Adam and Eve, they, they, they go about their life and then they say, we don't want to miss out what possibly could be from that tree. And so they say, no, God, we, we are going to eat of that tree. And in that moment, we have what's called the fall. And so they take and they eat of that tree. And in that moment, the trust with God is broken and in that moment, the relationship with God is broken and, and they're banished from the Garden of Eden. They're sent out and the, God says, you know, men, there'll be the toil on the, of your brow. You'll, you'll, you'll work and women, you'll, you'll, you'll face you know, pain in, in childbirth and all those things. And I like the first one personally, but anyway, and since then, every human has been asking the question, who is God? 
Can I trust him? Who is God? Can I trust him? And then hundreds of years later, God reveals himself again, comes out and he reveals himself to a man called Abraham. And it's the period of the patriarchs. And he comes to Abraham. He says, hey, this is who I am. I am God. And if you'd follow me, I'm going to lead you to a new land. And I will be your God. And you will follow me. And you will trust me. And so Abraham, he takes a risk on God. The scriptures say it was his faith was counted as righteousness to him, the faith of Abraham. And so he leaves his land and he journeys out and he follows God. And God says to him, hey, you're going to have a son and you're going to be fruitful as the stars. And, God, and Abraham has faith and trusts God. And so then Abraham and his son... Isaac and then his grandson Jacob, they believe in God, but they never quite get to the promised land. They never quite make it. And so then at the end of this period, we see they journey down to Egypt because there's a famine. And then we find that many, many years later, uh, centuries later, they become slaves to the pharaohs. If the kids could come, that'd be great. Then we enter into this period of time called the Exodus. Am I in your way? We come to this period of time called the Exodus in the promised land and the children of of Israel, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they, they find themselves in slavery and they cry out to God. And God again reveals himself. He comes to a shepherd, a man who used to live in the palace but is now in the, in, in, in the shepherd fields. And it comes to a man called Moses. And he reveals himself to Moses through a burning bush. And, and Moses says, who are you? God says, I, I am that I am. God says, this is who I am. And if you will trust me, I'm going to lead you to be a mighty Savior for my nation. And so Moses trusts, takes the risk, has faith in God. He goes to the people of Israel in Egypt and he says, hey, this is who God is. And he's saying to you, will you trust me? And they say, yes, we will trust you. And we see that God, through the Exodus, leads them out of Egypt and heads them in towards the promised land and they start heading towards that direction. He gives them the Ten Commandments and the laws and we have the book of Leviticus and Numbers and all those great amazing books we love to read of the Bible. And then time goes on, the, 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 the promised land and then we've got the, the, the judges and the kings and the temples and we're in the period of the kings and the temples and it's the same story. Over and over again, it's the same questions over and over again. It's the same story. And by and large, by and large, the response is, no, we don't want to know you, God. No, we do not trust you. No, we don't want what you have for us. No, we don't want your home. And they're not willing to put their faith in God. They're not willing to risk their life to to God. They're not willing to go that step. And there's many people along the way that do though. And one is a man called David, King David. He puts his faith in God, puts his trust in God. And God says to him, David, because you've put your trust in me, because you know who I am, you're going to have an heir. You are forever going to have someone who will rule and reign. And one day there's going to come a savior. There's going to come a new king. And he's going to rule and reign over this nation. And the kingdoms of this earth will be drawn to him. Time goes on and people keep growing separate from God. They keep growing separate from each other. And we see the nation of Israel divides into two. And we've got Israel to the north and we've got Judah to the south. And this is the kingdom divided. King after king, both in Israel and Judah, they turn their back on God. If you read the scriptures, you read uh, Chronicles, you read Kings, 
You, you know, you read those books one and two, you'll see time and time again it says, and they did evil in the Lord's sight. And they turn it back on God and they say, we don't want to know you. We don't trust you. We don't want to have relationship with you. But God is always trying. He's always loving. He's always sending people. He sends his prophets. He sends prophet after prophet after prophet. If you don't know, prophets were men of God, men who were led by the Spirit of God to bring messages from God. And they bring messages, come back to God, repent, turn away from your wicked ways. But the people again and again and again say no, no. They push the prophets away. And God finally allows foreign powers to push them out of their home of Israel and Judah and they leave Samaria and Jerusalem. Those two capital cities are destroyed and the people of Israel, God's chosen people, are scattered throughout the nations, scattered throughout the empires and the kingdoms that are, that are there. But God never forgets. God never forgets His promise to Abraham. He never forgets His promise to Moses. He never forgets His promise to King David. And there's always a remnant. There's always a remnant, a small remnant of people that believe in God. And we see that in the later books of the Old Testament, in Nehemiah and books like that, people go back and they rebuild Jerusalem and there's forms of worship of God that's restored. But it's not how God wanted it to be. It's not 100% how God had planned it. And then we enter into this period here where there's the prophesied kingdom and then there's this era between the Old Testament and the New Testament, 400 years, where God says nothing. There's no prophets. There's no new tablets being written. There's no new scrolls. God says nothing. There's, there's, there's zilch. There's nada. I was going to say a joke then. Guys, it's a bit like when, you're not, when your wife won't speak to you. But God's not like that. Well, husbands, it's a bit like when your wife, uh, sorry, wives, it's a bit like when you tell your husband to do a job and he's suddenly all quiet. And, whew, I thought I'd better bring some balance. But God says nothing. No one hears from God. No one hears from God for 400 years. Nothing happens until God introduces himself one last time. God introduces himself one last time. And he answers the question, who is God? Can I trust him? And this time, he doesn't come as a through a judge. This time, he doesn't come through a king. He doesn't come through a prophet. He comes himself personified in Jesus Christ. He comes in the person of Jesus and Jesus reveals, this is who God is. If you want to know who God is, look to me. And he, he, this is what God is like. And He preaches about a kingdom that is going to come. And it's not a physical kingdom. It is a spiritual kingdom. And Jesus, the promise to King David that one of your, one of your, someone from your lineage will be on the throne. Jesus, if you trace back His lineage, He comes from the line of King David. And Jesus says, I will rule and reign, but not a physical kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, not a kingdom that will eventually... Uh, 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 go out, fade out, be conquered by someone else, an eternal kingdom. And when Jesus died on the cross, He paid the price for all of humanity's sin. 
And all the, all the people who are over the ages says, no, I don't want you, God. No, I don't trust you, God. No, I'm not going to put my faith in you, God. All the rebellion and disobedience and evilness. Jesus, and He came. And God again says to us today, I am God. You can trust me. I have a plan for your life. I have a home for you to come to. I want relationship with you. And as I close today in the resurrection, Jesus offers us again relationship restored to the Father. Jesus offers us to begin a new life, to meet a living God. God's not dead. He's alive. To meet a living God, to meet, to come back home into relationship with Him. And today, church, the offer is still on the table for us. See, God came in that moment through Jesus one last time he says hey here's my offer to you and the answer the question is will we respond to him and so we can find he asks us will you risk everything will you take a step of faith to find the answers to the questions who is God can I trust him who is God can I trust him the Bible is a call to relationship with Jesus he's the answer to those two questions Today, if you're wondering why the Bible, the Bible is to encounter God, and the Bible points us to Jesus, points us to Jesus. See, Jesus is the true and better answer to the questions we have. He, and it's, that's why we read the Bible, so that we would find Jesus. Who is this God? Can I trust Him? His name is Jesus, and we can trust Him without eternity. Let's pray today. God, we thank You in this place.